0: But if you need to be saved from the power of a sin, if you fall and make a mistake, you can go to the throne of grace with boldness. That's what Hebrews tells us. You can go because gee, one of his ministries is to forgive us sin. So this week, the fifth one, the last one, is anointing. And so I'm going to show you in Scripture about this, but before I show it to you and talk about anointing or the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which is one of the ministries of Jesus, Jesus is the one who anoints us with the Holy Spirit. I wasn't planning on this. I wasn't even thinking about this. But this that I'm about to tell you is... Uh, where Luke 4, the the burden for this Luke 4 passage for me to speak on it came from, but it happened as just a message that I preached in the 90s back at Shady Grove Church, which is our Grand Prairie campus now. Um, That message came out of some trauma and a tragedy in our family. And so I've never, I don't think I've ever shared this with you. I've told you about the tragedy of the trauma on my mother's side. On my father's side, um, my father was the first believer in his family. Uh, He heard the gospel for the first time when he was 16 years old and accepted Christ. And that changed our our family. Um, He had two brothers. Uh, One of them struggled with alcoholism his entire life, Uh, in and out of jail, finally went to prison and then uh, died a few years after he got out of prison for DUIs, DWIs, things like that. The other brother went to Vietnam and was a war hero, but came back uh, very um, with mental health problems and emotional health problems. Um, He had tremendous problems with addictions. He had problems with demonic spirits. Uh, that I believe he picked up in Vietnam. He had problems with shame because of things he had to do in war. Um, He just had very — just a lot of difficulties. They went to a church that at least preached that you can be born again and be saved. He got saved. Uh, He truly accepted the Lord um, and even started tithing. They were attending every week, but he still had these dreams. He still had this uncontrollable rage, he he still had this tremendous shame. He was going to church, he accepted Christ, but the message he was hearing was Jesus saves you so that when you die you go to heaven, but He really can't help you on this earth. And so finally one day he 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 and his wife were talking and she said, why don't you go talk to the pastor? about these dreams you have, about this anger you have, about this shame, the things you have. So, he went and told the pastor kind of his story, things he had done in war, how he couldn't get over it. He basically had PTSD, but nobody knew, and it was very, very severe. And you know, to hear a car backfire, these memories would come back. Remember Jesus can heal broken hearts, He can heal trauma, but He didn't know that. So, he went to the pastor and talked to him. Uh, he came home. This is, I'm telling you it's a tragic story, I'm, already, I'm warning you. He came home, uh, his wife was excited, she said, what did the pastor say? And my uncle said, he said, Jesus can't help me. And he kissed his wife, told her he loved her and went upstairs and committed suicide. And I preached His memorial service. And it wasn't but just a few weeks after that when I was reading in Luke 4, and I got so angry that we would preach about a Jesus that can save us, but He can't touch us and heal us and heal our broken hearts on this earth. According to Luke 4, He can do more than that. He can help you get through the traumas of living in a fallen world. He can help you. And one of the most important ministries of Jesus is that he wants to anoint us with the Holy Spirit. And you might have missed this in Luke 4, so I'm going to show it to you. In Luke 4, verse 16, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Here, before he starts anything else, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me. Now, what you might not have put together, Jesus was fully God and fully man, but he laid down his divinity and became a human, Jesus did everything he did when he was on this earth through the power of the Holy Spirit. So wouldn't it be great if when he left he would make that power available to us? So, first of all, I need to let you know what the word anoint means uh, in the Greek here. It means to rub or to smear thoroughly. To rub or to smear thoroughly. Uh, In the Hebrew, it actually means to pour. The reason I say that is because when we think of anointing someone with oil, we have, we normally, well, some you have seen this before, you take a little bottle and you dab a little on their forehead. But let me just show you in the Old Testament when people were anointed, they didn't get dabbed. Genesis 28, this is talking about with Jacob, we talk about the gateway of heaven. Uh, verse 18, Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he put in his head and he set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He didn't dab it with oil, he poured oil, which is the same word for anointing. He anointed this stone. Exodus 29, 7 is talking about when you anoint Aaron the priest, you shall take the anointing oil and pour it on his head and anoint him. When Samuel anointed Saul to be the first king over Israel, 1 Samuel 10, 1, Samuel took the flask of oil and poured it on his head. And kissed him and said, is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? So here's my question for you. Would it be okay with you if Jesus didn't just give you a dab of the Holy Spirit, but he thoroughly rubbed and smeared and poured the Holy Spirit all over you, all over you? And again, I talked about how Jesus did all that He did through the power of the Holy Spirit. I I didn't have — I don't have time to go through all that, but you can can easily see that. But let me just show you one verse, Acts 10, 38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with — Nazareth member, that's where He grew up — with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. If you want to go about doing good and healing people that the devil's oppressing, you need to be anointed by the Holy Spirit, because that's how Jesus did it, see? Um, Luke 24, another word here I want to explain to you. Verse 49, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Now I'm going to show you the Greek word enduo, which means to be clothed or to sink in the clothing. You've probably heard the expression, when you see someone with some tight clothes, uh, he he poured himself into those pants. (laughs) By the way, I was thinking about this, and for 30 years now, cleaners have shrunk my clothes. 30 years it's been happening. Since I was about 30 years old is about when it starts happening and you get a pair of pants back and you, you can't snap them. And so, all cleaners are de- — never mind. They need deliverance. They, something's wrong because I know it's not me. Okay. <laughs> I just thought of something. Had, there was this guy who's a member of our church and I was with him this last week. He was telling another guy about the church and he said, you really need to come. Pastor Roberts is a great preacher. He expounds the word, da-da-da. And then he said this though, he said, but he does tell corny jokes. <laughs> and I actually thought about a corny joke and since I haven't told one in a while and I talked about you know, my stomach and the clothes getting smaller, I want you to know that it is a physical, it is a physical ailment that I have. It's called the Dunlop disease. It means my belly has done locked over my belt. All right. I just, just don't make fun of me because I have a physical ailment, okay? All right. Here's the point. If Jesus did what he did by the power of the Holy Spirit, and that power is available to us, which I'm about to show you, And when you get that power, you can heal people who are oppressed by the devil. Then don't you think the devil would try to get us to not talk about the power of the Holy Spirit? (laughs) And don't you think the devil would try to make us think that any church that talks about the Holy Spirit is one of those goofy churches? And you should stay away from a church that believes in the Holy Spirit. I've actually been asked by people, and some good and some bad, does Gateway believe in the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit is God, so they're asking me if we believe in God. And I've had people ask me that meaning in a good way because we want to go to a church that believes in the Holy Spirit, and I've had people ask in a bad way. "Who, Who would make it up Who would make up all this controversy and confusion over the anointing of the Holy Spirit except the one who is afraid of the Holy Spirit? And that would be the devil. So don't be afraid of being anointed by the Holy Spirit because Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And again, I don't have time to share it, but it talks about uh, when He was baptized, how John the Baptist knew this and how God spoke it to him. And it's in all four Gospels. Now, I haven't gone through to see how, how many things are in all four, but not many. Matthew, Mark, Luke uh, — Matthew, Mark, and Luke are synoptic. They're similar. They co- cover the um, last year of Jesus' ministry. Of course, they cover the birth. But then they'll start, say, around chapter three to chapter five after the death of John the Baptist, which that happened two years in Jesus' ministry. John writes his Gospel years later, after that Matthew, Mark, and Luke have written, and, and he writes things that happened in the first two years of Jesus' ministry. That's why you'll find things in John that are not in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, you'll, the, John 2, the, the turning water into wine, that's the very first miracle Jesus ever did. John 3, Nicodemus. John 4, the woman at the well. John 5, the healing of the blind man. John 6 and 7, he said that whole discourse is not in Matthew, Mark, or Luke. Uh, John 8, the woman caught in adultery. John 9, the healing of the blind man. John 10, the good shepherd. John 11, the healing of, of the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Uh, uh, John 12, 13, uh, 12, then talking about that anointing, which is in the other ones, but it's right, it's, it's leading to his death. But then John 14, 15, and 16 is the conversation Jesus had with the disciples in the upper room, if you would like that. John 17 is the prayer Jesus prayed in the garden, if you'd like that. That's there. But that's not in Matthew, Mark, or Luke. Okay. But, so I don't know for sure everything that's in all four, but I can tell you this. They all four cover the birth, the death, and the resurrection of Christ. And then they all four cover, you ready for this? The baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's the other thing they all four mentioned. And I'm going to read them to you because I want you to see. Matthew, here's Matthew 311. This is John the Baptist speaking. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. This is one of the ministries of Jesus he, Jesus, will baptize you, immerse you, and I'm gonna give you the, the definition of the word baptize here in a moment, with the Holy Spirit. Mark 1.18, I need baptize you with water, but He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Luke, now we got Matthew, Mark, Luke 3.16, John answered saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John 1, 33, I did not know Him, but He who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on Him, this is He who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Now, the word baptize in the Greek is baptizo, and it means to immerse. The, the only thing is that most of the Greek lexicons that you find use the first century Um, illustration of it, but it was used 200 years before, and I had to look to find it in a very obscure place, but I knew that it was — I knew what it was, I knew where the word came from, but I wanted to show you. But let me tell you, the way it was used — So if you read — the word lexicon, don't get uh, strung out over that word, it means dictionary, Um, a collection of words. Uh, But the word — the way people define it — you may have heard this — is that they would take a cloth, a fabric, and dip it, immerse it in dye to change the color of the cloth. So that's that, — That's and so most lexicons, Greek lexicons, Greek dictionaries will use that definition. But 200 years before is the first known recorded um, um, time that the word baptizo was used. And I want to read it to you, and I want to show it to you because I just — I like it, okay? All right. So, uh, here's, here's, here's the word, and I'm putting it on the screen for you. To dip repeatedly, to immerse, to submerge, to overwhelm. The clearest example that shows the meaning of baptizo is a text from the Greek poet and physician, Nicander, who lived about 200 before, years before Christ. It is a recipe for making pickles. (laughs) Nicander said that in order to make a pickle, the vegetable should first be dipped into boiling water and then baptized in the vinegar solution. Now watch this. The act of baptizing the vegetable produces a permanent change. Is that cool? For those of you who have experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you would say the same. You didn't become perfect, it produced a permanent change in your life. My spiritual eyes began to be open. They're still being open. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still maturing in Christ. Something happened when I said — I know I grew up in a church where we didn't talk about the Holy Spirit and where I was warned about the Holy Spirit — and I'm not trying to say something negative about that church — but when I finally said, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Jesus, will you baptize me? Will you dip me repeatedly? Will you immerse me? Will you submerge me in the Holy Spirit? Will you pour the Holy Spirit? Will you rub me thoroughly with the Holy Spirit? And He did it. This is one of His ministries. Everything changed. Everything changed. So, please do not be afraid of this. Do not be afraid of Him as a person, okay? He is a wonderful person. I do — here's the — I want to bring this to a close, the whole series here. But I want to tell you the reason that I wanted you to know that these are the five foundational ministries of Jesus is because if you need them — Jesus is available to give them to you. In other words, He saves us from our sin, from the penalty of sin, but if you need to be saved from the power of a sin, if you fall and make a mistake, you can go to the throne of grace with boldness. That's what Hebrews tells us. You can go because one of His ministries is to forgive us of sin. If you have a, a trauma that every time you think of it, I took you through some inner healing a few weeks ago. If you missed that week, you need to get that week. And, but if a memory comes to you that brings stress with it, or fear, or shame, you need to go back and listen to that message and just think about that prayer and just submit that memory to the one who can heal the broken heart, who can set you free from a bruise or an inward hurt. If you need deliverance in an area, if you need anointing, listen, if you have teenagers, you need anointing. (laughs) If you're married, you need anointing. If you can fog a mirror, you need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I want to show you how you can be anointed repeatedly also. Uh, Remember Acts 2, the Holy Spirit came. Acts 4, Peter and John are sent to prison. Uh, to jail for talking about it. They're released and then it says they find their companions. And Acts 4.31, when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the Word of God in boldness. These are the same people who got filled in Acts 2. We still need to be filled. And one of my favorite Scriptures in the Old Testament is when David said Psalm 92.10, I've been anointed with fresh oil. I've been anointed with fresh oil. I want everyone today to be, to ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But don't, don't, don't say, well, but pastor, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit years ago. You need fresh oil. You need fresh oil. Now, um, are the, we say, and and it's true, I was going to ask you the question, but are the last words of a person deemed important? Of course they are. What are the last words going to be? By the way, you sell these movies where people are dying and then they say this great thing, you know? Well, since four years ago and I had that near-death experience, I thought, that's just in the movies. You know, I mean, maybe you can, but I couldn't say anything to Debbie, you know, during that time. Um, but anyway, I think they're important. But we have the last words of Jesus. And what I decided to do was take them from the message version. And some of these are from John when he's at the Last Supper. And then, the, then we're gonna to go to Acts, and it's right before he ascends. It's on the 40th day. And you'll see the references later if you wanna go back, look at the message. I'm not even going sh- the references will be on the screen, but I'm just gonna read from the message. And I want you to think about how important these last words are, all right? Starts in John 14, verse 16. I will talk to the Father and He'll provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you." Isn't that good? (laughs) The friend, the Holy Spirit — so we know who the friend is — whom the Father will send at my request will make everything plain to you. So, let me say it again, this truth. It's better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend won't come. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't handle them now. But when the friend comes, the spirit of the truth, he will take you by the hand And guide you into all the truth there is. As they met and ate meals together, he told them that they were on no account to leave Jerusalem, but must wait for what the Father promised. The promise you heard from me, John baptized in water, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit." And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be able to be by witnesses in the city in which you live — this he's talking to the the disciples — all over the metroplex or the area, the region, the state, the adjoining states, and wherever you go, even to the ends of the world. These were his last words. Don't leave until you get anointed by the Holy Spirit. These were his last words. It's absolutely amazing to me when we read in the message version, these were his last words. He was saying, please, 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 don't try to live life without the power of the Holy Spirit. And maybe you grew up in a church where you heard or saw weird things, or you grew up in a church where there was a church across town, and they seemed weird, and somehow we relate that weirdness to the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is not weird. The Holy Spirit wants to anoint you to do what Jesus did. It's Acts ten thirty eight. He went about doing good, and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So I want you just to open your heart right now and just tell the Holy Spirit, I receive you. And ask Jesus, this is one of his ministries. We've covered the five foundational ministries of Jesus in this series. And one of his series, one of his, mes- his ministries is to anoint us with the Holy Spirit. So right now, just open your heart And just say, Lord, will you anoint me with the Holy Spirit? And just like the disciples in the upper room, will you baptize, will you immerse me in your Holy Spirit? Hey, thank you so much for joining us. Join us next time. I'll see you then jesus's time on earth was characterized by ministering
1: to people his examples of ministry point to the love forgiveness healing and peace that come directly from the father's heart in pastor robert's powerful new series the ministries of jesus you'll discover amazing truths you may never have known about salvation inner healing deliverance healing and the baptism in the holy spirit For your best gift today, we'll send you this series on CD or as an audio digital download and include the Where to Find Favorite Bible Verses Reference Guide with hundreds of Bible verses organized by topic. For your gift of $85 or more, we'll include the He Loves You So devotional with an inspirational word, prayer, and declaration for each day. And for your gift of $125 or more, we'll send you the Faith, Hope and Love Blanket along with a filament Bible. This large print Bible includes access to a revolutionary app that easily works with your smartphone or tablet and connects every page of the Bible to a vast array of study content. While you can use this Bible without the app, you wouldn't want to miss out on the free access to over 25,000 study notes, more than 350 videos, 1,500 devotionals, and interactive maps, infographics, and a library of worship music. Don't wait another day to get these very special resources and discover God's Word like never before. Visit us today at PastorRobert.com to get a copy for you and someone you love. Thank you for your generous prayer and financial support of Pastor Robert Morris Ministries. You feel it. Inside you beats a heart for ministry, a sense that you're called to serve God in a greater way. But perhaps you feel stuck, not knowing how to get from where you are to that envisioned place. Let the King's University Online be the bridge to your calling. Under the stewardship of Gateway Church, TKU is equipping Christ-like servant leaders through the power of the Holy
0: Spirit. Imagine what could happen if you took the first step.